Welcome to the Cody Lee Show. Joining you from my hometown of Kansas City, a large city with a hometown feel. I'm your host, Cody Lee, body mind coach, Reiki master, artist, massage therapist, and lover of all things healing and metaphysical. My deepest desire is to support you in living your empowered life. Inviting you to connect deeply within, discover new ways of thinking, seeing, and understanding the world, and hearing truly inspiring stories of growth and transformation. Cultivating sacred joy. The topic for today is all about cultivating sacred joy, but really what's the difference between sacred joy and happiness? In my opinion, there's a pretty huge difference. But getting into that can sometimes, you know, lead us to a lot of great questions. And that's why I really wanted to dive into this topic. This month, we're focusing all on joy and the different ways to kind of talk about joy, understand joy, what is joy. To me, sacred joy runs deeper through all the experiences of life, and it can truly be accessed at any time. But accessing it, it's kind of like, you know, at learning any new skill, you have to build that muscle. You have to build that practice. Because let's be honest, our culture doesn't exactly cultivate joy or for that matter, cultivate happiness or feeling your emotions or anything else that has to do with emotional intelligence. In fact, I feel like our culture, especially in the West, uh, pushes fear, it pushes insecurities, it pushes judgments. Um, it even pushes on us, you know, emotional resistance, numbing ourselves or resisting our emotions or feeling overwhelmed by our emotions and not understanding how to really sit with them. So building the muscle of actually connecting with your joy can take both time and patience. So what I really want to start with is what is the difference between sacred joy and happiness before we dive into how to even build the muscle or cultivate joy in your life? So when I talk about joy, especially in this episode, and I also created a 30-day deep dive. Um, It was a joy experiment that you can absolutely dive into for yourself. Um, I have it on my website. But It's really this question of, to me, joy and happiness are very different. Happiness is kind of like the lipstick and the makeup you put on your face is it can make something really nice temporarily. It can dress it up, if you will, but it's not that underlying current that I really feel like sacred joy is because to me, joy really dives into or or connects more to that you know, that divine thread, that universal thread, that sacred thread that lives through everything. And when I think about sacred joy, I think about really the lived experience of life and feeling life moving through you. And the reason that I feel like I can really talk to this this concept or this idea that in most of life's circumstances, joy can be found. Um, was because 
some of the hardest times in my life, I actually was able to navigate myself back to joy. And that was when I lost my father and my mom. So my my father died um, about a year, year and a half, I believe, um, before my mom passed. And both were very challenging and difficult in their own way. Now, I kind of feel like I need to set up a little bit of context to both of these for my part in actually being able to access joy. And that was for years, I had actually been working on, you know, quieting my mind, understanding, you know, thought is cause. I was a student and a teacher at the School of Metaphysics. And I was doing a lot of inner work. I had also worked heavily on, you know, finding love within myself, first liking myself, then falling in love with myself, because I feel like, you know, sometimes when we go down that journey of falling in love with yourself or cultivating love for yourself, sometimes you have to kind of first start with liking yourself, you know, little baby steps to get there. And so I had already kind of been on this journey, this path of evolving and working on myself so much so that when these really big tragedies came into my life, um, I I had a little bit more of a stable ground in which to work with my emotions because I had already been working with my thoughts, working with my emotions, coming into my body. In fact, when my father died, I was actually still at the school of metaphysics. And then when my mother passed, I was actually um, in a really beautiful program. It was the body mind coaching program where I was stepping in to become a certified coach, which is what I am today. And so a lot of the work that I was doing around those times, it actually helped facilitate uh, the, the, the experience of still being able to cultivate joy or tap into, because I, I think there's like two parts, right? I think there's one active things we can do to cultivate joy, just even when, you know, life maybe feels overwhelming or a little anxious or, you know, anything else, right? Or, and <laughs> there's the experience of tapping into joy even through some of our deeper challenges. And for me, tapping into joy, it's almost like you're on a river and you tap into, you know, the deeper current that's living down below. It takes some time to feel that current and feel that it's there. And it doesn't dismiss the rapids that are on, you know, on the top or the feelings that are present. It's actually saying all actually exist, the turbulence and the sacred joy deep down underneath. The deep, it's almost like the deep, you know, vibration of the earth, the deep turning of the solar system, it still takes place even if, you know, volcanoes are erupting and storms are brewing and tornadoes are going. It's like even when life feels like chaos, we can tap into that sacred rhythm, that sacred current that lives underneath. That for me is what sacred joy is. Um, And the experiences I have had with it through even those tumultuous times, it was absolutely 
through the experience of preparing myself, you know, mentally and emotionally, actually allowing myself to work on my tools and my my toolbox, so to speak, on how to manage really intense emotions, how to sit with and be present to all that I was feeling, um, how to quiet my mind. Like those are the tools I had learned. So a part of this, I think on one level is if you are in a place where survival is the most important, slowly finding your way to sacred joy is going to take some time. So be patient with yourself. Be gentle with yourself. Later on in my journey, I feel like I learned a lot, especially through the gene keys, which I will do an episode, I promise, on gene keys. And through human design, I learned a lot about gentleness. And I learned a lot about coming into my center of awareness, my body. Um, And that helped a lot. And I kind of, you know, I kind of wish a little bit early on, maybe I had learned that it's okay for me to be truly gentle with myself through the process. And that gentleness actually cultivates uh, compassion and actually allows me to access sacred joy at a deeper level. But of course, you know, you don't always know that in the beginning. You just have the journey as it is. So I do invite you that, you know, kind of kind of tap in and see where are you on the spectrum of life? Do you feel like you're just surviving? Do you feel like you are surviving? You have a roof over your head, you have food on your table, you have maybe a decent job, but things still feel tumultuous and you're ready to transition into what it would be like to have a thriving life. That's a really great place to really start to look at, you know, conditioning beliefs and step out of some of those old patterns and into new ones. But if you're on that place where you don't maybe have a roof over your head or you don't have food at your table or you don't have a steady job or you're in between, maybe you're going through a divorce and you're finding, you know, finding a new home, finding a new job, finding all those things, step one in these in this case can really just be Find your center as best you can because your center that lives in your body will begin to allow you to experience sacred joy. And then take what you need through the rest of this episode and use what you can. But if you're in that place where you're coming, you know, you're actually surviving, you're doing great, and you're ready to step out of old patterns of just surviving so that you can start to incorporate some thriving, This is a perfect episode for you in really how do you cultivate that sacred joy as a practice in your life. So as we've kind of talked a little bit about what's the difference between sacred joy and happiness, what I encourage for you is really the first step in your joy joy journey, if you will, is to get clear on what does joy mean for you? What is joy to you? Now, you can look up the dictionary definition of what joy is or what happiness is to really get a get a, a deeper sense or to get a starting point, I guess. Um, the definition of joy from the dictionary is a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. So I think that, you know, there's, there's so much that can be in joy, even in that description, you know, pleasure and happiness is a part of joy. But maybe so is wonder or so is curiosity 
or so is a, a sense of openness. Um, maybe resilience is a part of joy for you. Um, maybe, you know, uh, open heartedness is a part of joy for you. The happiness um, is the definition of happiness is the state of being happy. So I think that's always funny. So we can look up the definition of happy is feeling or showing pleasure or contentment. So I also like that, you know, that word contentment. In the beginning, I kind of had a resistance actually to contentment because I thought, well, if I'm content with life, then isn't that, you know, isn't that like stagnation? You know, if we're just content with life, that's not this amazing experience of life being phenomenal and top of the hill. And what I've learned through my own sacred joy journey was that I'm not always on the top of the hill, nor do I always want to be on the top of the hill. Sometimes I get the most joy from climbing the hill or in this analogy, facing challenges. Yes, you know, that momentous occasion when you have faced the challenge and you've overcome it and you're on top of the mountain can feel amazing. But so can the excitement of beginning the climb down at the base of the mountain. So can, you know, the journey of climbing and figuring out and solving as you move up through the challenges to the precipice, that can bring joy as well. So I started to really, you know, realize in myself that contentment wasn't about no movement. It wasn't about stagnation. Contentment was really about being present and being open-hearted to what I was experiencing in any given moment. And that's where, you know, that, that lesson of allowing and gentleness actually started to come in for me, where it was kind of like, well, if I just allow myself to experience exactly what I am in this moment, without making it wrong, without judging it, without uh, trying to fix it, without trying to find the root cause. Where is this coming from? Is this coming from a childhood pain? Is this coming from this? Is it coming from that? How did I attract this? You know, without doing any of that, with just being being the, the witness of whatever the experience was, it allowed for a deeper experience of contentment, which actually cultivated a deeper experience of joy. So first, get clear for you on what joy is and maybe look at the difference for yourself of like, what's the difference for you of joy and happiness or even joy and contentment and happiness? This is your joy joy journey. It's actually really challenging to say that back to back, which is really funny. Um, but I encourage you that every step of the way in cultivating sacred joy in your life it's really about your relationship with joy. In essence, I want you to imagine that, you know, joy is the name of a really great friend that you happen to want to invite more into your life. So having that, getting clear on, you know, who is joy? What, what is she or he or they all about in your life? And how can you understand joy at the next level? The next step is really about feeling joy in your body. So I learned this really fun experience or experiment. Um, I was working with um, 
synesthesia, I think I said that right. It is when you can feel your different things with different senses. So like there's a woman who uh, paints music. She sees the music when it's playing as color and she's able to capture that into a painting. Um, There are people that have, you know, heard the sounds of color, you know, they, the color orange has a particular note or pitch to it, or the color yellow has a different frequency and they can hear that. And so it's literally experiencing different kind of sensory things with senses that don't entirely fit with the rest of the world. Like, you know, hearing color isn't a normal thing, so to speak. Um, And so I started to play with this idea of what is it like to become sensitive to emotions in a way that we feel them in our body or smell them or hear them as a sound or taste them. And so I played around with this idea of, and I took different words, but when I was doing the joy experiment for myself, I actually took joy and I was like, okay, what does joy taste like? And at first there was like some resistance of like, this is silly. This is dumb. This is, you know, all those gremlin voices or that ego voice. that's like, why are we doing this? This is so ridiculous. Um, And like, what's the point? (laughs) You know, that voice that like shows up sometimes. And I was just patient with it. And I was like, that's fine, but I'm doing this. It's kind of my own boundary of like, thank you, but no, thank you. I'm still going to do this little funny exercise because what would it be like to taste joy? You know, does it taste like strawberries dipped in uh, whipped cream? Does it taste like your, you know, your grandma's pecan pie? Oh, my grandma did make a very good pecan pie. Uh, Does joy taste like, you know, a, a fresh sip of cold water on a hot day? When we think about joy, allow your imagination to have fun, to play a little bit with this exercise. Because a part of, you know, feeling joy in the body is there's two parts to it, in my opinion. And that is one, playing with the senses. What does joy smell like? I had a really amazing friend and client. She said that for her, joy smelled like dryer sheets. And that definitely is not for me, right? That's I'm They're not dryer sheets for me. But for her, it was dryer sheets because every time she folds the laundry, it brings her such joy and a, a feeling of contentment and peace. And peace was a part of joy for her. And so what's beautiful about that is in those moments where maybe life kind of takes over. And you can also do this with the opposite because she did it also with like, what does anxiety smell like? Or what does anxiety feel like? And my favorite, I still remember this. She said, anxiety feels like that, you know, your bra strap keep falling down on your arm. Like it's too loose and it just keeps falling down your arm. So guys, you probably don't understand that, but pretty much every woman can totally understand the annoyance of the bra strap that just keeps falling all day and drives you crazy. And I was like, that's such a beautiful sensory experience of what anxiety can feel like in the body. Um, And so when you kind of play with joy, you're also kind of playing with the opposite. What are the things that 
steal your joy. Um, and a part of the deep dive that I did was, you know, I did some a bunch of journal prompts and some videos and meditations and activations. Um, but one of the things I did ask was, you know, what what keeps you from your joy? And really, I guess that's, you know, step number four, if you will, uh, in this or step number three in this this uh, cultivating joy for yourself is a part of us d- discovering joy in our life is uncovering the things in our life that are keeping us from joy. And when you're working with the body, sometimes this will show up for you. Um, if you're working with the senses, you might sense that it's hard for you to figure out the smell of it or the sound of it um, or the look of it. You know, uh, I had an experience where I was working with the word prosperity and prosperity sounds like wind chimes, which to me is a really fun experience and image. And every time I think of prosperity, I can hear the wind chimes now, now that I've kind of put that contextually together. Um, What was also cool is I had a dear, my dear uh, sister-in-law actually got for me as a gift wind chimes because she wanted me to have that experience. And I thought that was a really beautiful thing. But what I also find is really beautiful when you're working with the body and you're connecting with, you know, what does sacred joy sound like? What does it smell like? What does it taste like? What does it feel like? You know, feel is like, feel like either in your body, but really feeling like, does it feel like velvet? Does it feel like rock? Does it feel like, you know, wet uh, soil? Some people love gardening. I am not necessarily one of those people. So sometimes joy can feel like, you know, moist sand or, or, you know, gardening, you know, soil or whatever. Um, and then what does it look like? And joy can look like a memory. It can look like just a snapshot. It can look like joy for me looks like, um, I, I don't know how else to describe it, but when you close your eyes and you're underneath the, the leaves and the sun is shining through the leaves and it gives that like glittery, uh, kind of light movement on your eyelids, that's what joy looks like to me. That also is a, like a full body feeling for me, which is really amazing. When you are feeling your anxiety, when you're feeling your overwhelm, when you're feeling some of the emotions that can feel really intense, if you know what joy sounds like or smells like or tastes like or looks like or whatever, you can actually connect with that sensory experience for yourself and it will actually help soothe and bring you into the sacred joy that is actually living in the moment. Um, sometimes it, you know, it requires you to take some action. Like if it tastes like strawberries dipped in whipped cream, go get some strawberries and whipped cream and add it to your day. Um, but sometimes if it, if it's that memory, like for me, you know, the, the kind of sparkling of the sunshine through the leaves on my eyelids, it's really easy for me to drop in, close my eyes, remember that image, that feeling in my body, visualize it. And immediately I drop into joy. I drop into sacredness. So that is really like, that's like one step you can really take is in feeling joy in the body. The next step is to actually come into union with your body, build a relationship with your body. I do this exercise with a lot of my clients and it's really like closing your eyes, 
placing your attention or dropping your awareness into your body. And so that can be a little tricky for people because they're like, well, what does that mean? And that I literally could probably do a whole episode on what does it mean to drop your awareness into your body? It's not necessarily, you know, taking your attention from your brain and looking down into your body, although that could be one way to access it. It's really this, you know, allowing this, this like, imagine your awareness is like a leaf or like a snowflake and it just like slowly drops down into your body into you know through the corridor of like your throat and your chest and your sternum and your stomach and like settles into the base of your belly that's a very different experience of awareness in the body so however you want to access bringing your awareness into your body do that And then allow yourself to kind of talk to your body and ask your body, you know, body, show me where, where do I feel joy in my body? What is the sensation of joy in my body? And that can be a fun experience of like, do I feel joy in my back? Is that where it shows up? Do I feel joy in the top of my head? Do I feel joy in the bottom of my feet? If I don't have any joy in my body right now, um, you know, what would it, body, what do you need in order for, for, you know, joy to come in? It can become a relationship conversation between you and your body and allowing yourself to give your body what it most needs to allow joy to blossom, allow joy to come in. And that kind of brings us to, you know, that third step, which I kind of I kind of fluttered about earlier or kind of, you know, walked around a little bit. And that is the things that can keep you from your joy. So this is step number three is really looking at what keeps you from your joy. Sometimes when we're in survival mode or when just things are so overwhelming and so overpowering, there are old conditioning and thought patterns that are keeping you from your joy. I had a client once who we were working through, she wanted to incorporate more ease in her life. And a lot of the like manifestation mumbo jumbo, if you will, out there is, you know, think it and it'll happen. You know, you just have to put your attention on it and believe in it and it'll, you know, come to fruition. And that is true. To a degree, (laughs) the other side of that is you can believe it all day long, but if you have a deeper belief that is basically sabotaging that belief, it's going to be like you put in a ticket for uh, a Sonic cheeseburger and then you put in a ticket for deleting that order. (laughs) And it's like every time you start like, all right, I want, you know, I want a cheeseburger and then it's like two seconds later, you know, a ticket comes in and says, cancel that order. So that's what happens when you have those sabotaging beliefs or those sabotaging conditioning. And that conditioning is not necessarily a conscious thing. It can be, you know, passed down lineage, ancestrally, karmically, energetically. Um, It can also just be conditioning of the world around you. So the example I have with my client was we were working on ease And one of the things that came up for her is she has a belief that life is resistance. Life, like resistance is just what life is. And that if there isn't resistance, that something is wrong. And the biggest one I thought was really interesting was 
she doesn't trust the positive. If things are positively working out, she doesn't trust it. So it's this experience of, I want to cultivate ease, but there's this unconscious belief that says, but I can't trust life if it's moving smoothly, if it's going positively, something's wrong and I need, I need to abort, I need to get away. So again, it's like a request order and cancel order at the same time. And that was a powerful moment for us in working through creating more ease because it helped show that there's this giant like brick wall in accessing more ease. So we have to rewire it a little bit. You have to say, okay, alt delete, you know, control delete. We're going to get rid of that belief, uh, so to speak, and we're going to claim a new one. So a part of, you know, looking at cultivating and creating sacred joy in your life is what are the things that are keeping you from your joy? For me, when I was going through this experiment for myself, the things that actually kept me from my joy was that I had an attachment to difficult. I had an attachment to, in essence, suffering. Um, you know, kind of that no pain, no gain mentality is that, you know, to, to challenge myself, challenges have to be painful. And what I learned in that is sometimes the most challenging things for me are gentleness, our compassion, our slowing down, our uh, peace and balance. Because what happens is I actually have to sit with my discomfort of not forcing or pushing or doing or filling my time with something or accomplishing or, you know, insert whatever. It was almost like the stillness was the challenge because I had become so used to and addicted to the pain and to the pushing. And I also realized, you know, one of the inhibitors to actually experiencing joy is if I'm really attached to this I concept, it wasn't necessarily conscious in any way. Again, it was, you know, society says no pain, no gain. So therefore, I signed that dotted line and said, yes, I'm going to believe this too. And that means if it's not painful or if it's not painful enough, then I must not be doing enough and I need to be doing more. And I inevitably, of course, would create a lot of suffering for myself. And then I would go through wondering why I'm hurting so much. And it was a whole cyclical thing. So when I really started to connect, oh, wow, my attachment to pain is actually keeping me from joy or my attachment to busy. That was a big one for me for a really long time. In fact, I still have friends that are like, oh, you're so busy all the time. Even though I've actually backed off a lot and I'm not as busy and I'm actually putting into my schedule space and really trying to balance things, they're still operating off of Cody's always busy because that was my identity for a really long time was I'm busy and I'm always busy. And it makes me, you know, I kind of had to like uncover like, why uh, is this busyness in my life so important? And busyness made me feel important. It made me feel like I was of value to the world because I had so much I had to do. So there was a lot of ego playing in that, you know, ego attaching a sense of worthiness and value to always doing something. 
I have a feeling I'm speaking to someone right now. <laughs> uh, so that can keep you from actually allowing yourself to experience joy. And then sometimes you can just straight up have a belief that is, you know, I will feel joy after I've finished everything. But when are you going to finish everything? There's always more to do. There's always something to do. So that belief actually keeps you from experiencing joy. Um, or like, I'll feel joy when I get to the top of the mountain, i.e. I have faced the challenge and overcome all my fears. But often what we realize is there's always another mountain. There's always another challenge. There's always another thing to face. And then... My biggest experience in connecting with joy, I'm going to go back to a little bit, was my experience of, you know, my mom and my dad passing. And through that, most people would say, well, there, there's probably not joy in that. But for me, in the experience, there was an awakening of joy that actually happened. And it happened in both of, of my parents passing in different ways. And the joy was, to me, it was almost like the first time I experienced it with my, with my dad passing, I was almost like taken back by it. I was like, how is there joy here? Um, especially when there's grief and there's sadness and there was, you know, my, my father passed away from cancer. So there had been quite a few months of suffering. And so there was a bit of a, a relief I had for him that he wasn't suffering anymore. And it was almost like I had permission to feel that, but I couldn't have permission to actually experience joy. It's funny what we, what we tell ourselves and what we feel like we should and shouldn't experience when it comes to loss. And <laughs> What I experienced in that was I actually had a deep joy for being the witness to the experience, for being present enough that I could cry and hold my family and love and hold my father and love and face this uh, huge momentous occasion in anyone's life whether you're the one that's passing away or it's the loved ones around, it's, it's an initiation of, you know, death truly is an initiation of life. And for me, having, having just, just being present to that experience, being the witness of the, the participant of, I mean, I'm, I'm going through this initiation with everybody else. This is my first real, like, uh, someone that I really care about is dying. That was a strange experience of sacred joy for me. And I say strange because in the beginning I was like, I don't know if I'm comfortable being joyful about this. But again, I had been doing so much work on just being present with what is, not trying to judge it, not trying to fix it, not trying to get rid of it, but really softening myself to the experience. And of course, you know, the more that I softened myself to the experience, the more it actually allowed that joy just to be present. And again, I'm going to say it was like the deep, deep, deep undercurrent of the river because there was also grief. There was also sadness. There was also, you know, a, a sense of longing or, or you know, I, I wanted him to walk me down the aisle. So there was a missing of memories that would not pass. You know, my mom and my dad are never going to get to meet any grandkids or, you know, any kids I have, their grandkids. My kids are never going to get to know their grandparents. Um, 
And there's grief in that. There's always going to be a small or sometimes big, depending on the moment, experience of sadness and loss and longing that will be present in that. And yet underneath, I know that they are going to live on in memory with me, in memory with any future kids I may have, in um, just in the mannerisms and who I am and who they may become. And I also know on a spiritual level, I have, I have a deep connection with the spirit. I know that they live on in spirit. And so they may not be there in the physical, but they will be there kind of uh, on the outskirts, if you will. And not everybody has that belief, and I do honor and respect that, and that you can still come to joy even without that. But it was actually through inviting myself to look at, you know, the thing that keeps me from joy sometimes is not allowing myself to feel it. Sometimes we just stop ourselves from feeling it because we feel like we judge it. We feel like it's inappropriate. We feel like it's not okay. We feel like, oh, we shouldn't be feeling this. Um, or we, you know, think, oh God, you know, I'm happy. When's the other shoe going to drop, so to speak? So those are some of the ways in which you might keep yourself from joy. The, my biggest experience in awakening into joy was actually with my mom and that was because there was a lot more emotions. There had, had been a little bit of peace that I found through my father's passing because it was, you know, it was kind of expected. So you kind of got to work through some of the, okay, I am going to lose this person. Is there anything I need to say? Is there anything I need to share? You know, that kind of thing. My mom was a little bit more unexpected. Um, we did not expect it to happen, although we had feared it might. She had a lot of health issues. Um, she had been in a chronic pain for several years and was on a lot of different medicines. And she was also had on a CPAP machine. And so there were several times where she kind of fell asleep, didn't have her CPAP on, and basically started to asphyxiate on her carbon carbon monoxide, you know, basically had carbon monoxide poisoning because she wasn't expelling enough air and inhaling enough, you know, oxygen. And so she had ended up in the hospital a few times. And so, you know, both my stepdad and I were a little concerned. One of two things was going to happen. Either she was going to wake up from one of those, not remember when she'd taken her medicine and accidentally take too much and then pass away. Or she was going to fall asleep not put on her little CPAP machine, and then just not wake up. And that is, in fact, what happened was that second. So that's where I say it was not expected, but also kind of expected because we were like, oof, one of these two things is going to happen if things don't change. And kind of we saw the writing on the wall, so to speak. Um, but didn't expect it the day that it happened, didn't know it was going to happen. And so it was unexpected. And I was, it was in February and I was going to get married in May and she was going to walk me down the aisle. So I went through this experience of like, okay, once again, I'm facing, you know, some of these sacred memories of, you know, somebody walking you down the aisle and that being such a, you know, sacred, beautiful thing has felt like it's been, you know, ripped away from me. So I went through such a 
tumultuous experience. And plus, my mom and I had kind of had a disagreement shortly before. So there was, you know, still this like, I don't know, regret that I didn't patch things up quite right before. And then there was anger that she left before I could and anger that she left before walking me down the aisle. But then also like she was in a lot of pain and suffering. So there was a relief or a sense of happiness that she wasn't in pain anymore. Um, and then there was just an appreciation of our life together of really just such a sacred gratitude that she had been my mom, that her soul and our soul got to do this dance together and be in this experience and the memories that we shared, the good and the bad, you know, some of the, the, the most sacred memories um, just weaved in through all of the challenges. Even some of the challenges were sacred memories because of what they taught me and gave me. And it was through allowing myself to feel that full kaleidoscope of emotions, to not be angry at myself when I was angry, to not feel guilty at myself when I was happy for her because she wasn't there, she was not in pain. Um, you know, to also feel my guilt if I needed to feel guilty over the fact that I was happy without judging it or changing it. And what happened was I, I really started to experience, I don't know if you guys have ever looked through a kaleidoscope or like the ones where it's like a marble kaleidoscope. So you look out and it takes the world around you and it turns it into this beautiful mandala, you know, kind of shape with all the lights and the colors and a beautiful pattern. And for me, that was a sacred experience because I started to realize everything that I'm feeling because I would be, I would feel anger and grief and sadness and happiness and overwhelm all at the same time. And I'd be like, whoa, this is a lot of emotions and I'm here for it. I'm trying to be present to it, but it almost feels like it's, you know, pushing outside of my body and, and, and pushing my, you know, my skin. I realized in those moments that what I was experiencing was a full-bodied kaleidoscope. And I don't know what happened, but in that moment when I connected the image of a kaleidoscope and how beautiful that is, and the experience I was having in that moment, it was almost beautiful. And that was when sacred joy came in. Because of all the things I'm ever grateful for in my life, I am grateful to be present to the the insane beauty of life, the ups and downs and ugly and beautiful and hard and just all of it, all of it. Um, because all of it is woven in this incredible tapestry. And then it was in that moment, it was almost like I was able to see the tapestry for what it was rather than just, you know, being pulled down in the waves. And of course, I had moments where I was totally pulled under the waves and I was all of the feelings and that was its own experience. So it was almost like I, I, I realized in those moments that sacred joy can be a part of the tapestry. It can be woven throughout. And we may not feel it all the time, every single second of every single moment, but it's accessible. And that was what gave me the realization that even in the darkest, most difficult moments of life, sacred joy can still be accessed. So I hope that there's something sacred and beautiful that you got in this. Um, I hope that you take some time maybe to journal about 
uh, what joy means for you and what are things that keep you from your joy. And maybe take some time to play around with that idea of, you know, what does joy sound like, taste like, uh, smell like, feel like, and look like as a sensory kind of experiment um, about what joy is in the body. And maybe take some time this week or today and drop your awareness into your body and feel the joy. Or when you know you're experiencing joy, drop into your body and ask yourself, you know, ask your body, where do I feel this? What does it feel like? How can I describe it? How can I create a deeper relationship with sacred joy? And if you want to join the, the sacred joy experiment, um, it is on my website. I will leave the, the link below. And it kind of goes over basically how to do this over a 30-day process. You're more than welcome to do that. But I think sacred joy is something that we all need a lot more of, and it's also something that we can cultivate. And what I know about the brain and the body is that if it's new, it takes our concentration and our attention to practice it. But once we have practiced it enough that it becomes mastery, we don't have to concentrate as much. It just becomes a part of our being. And I definitely have experienced that. You know, I initiated the joy experiment in actually in 2020, right before all of the madness happened with COVID. Um, and it was almost like the universe, you know, saw the writing on the wall long before I did. My intuition was like, you need to go do this thing. And I was like, okay. Um, but since that experience, when I really put my attention on what does it mean to cultivate joy in my life as an embodied experience that I can tap into and live every single moment of every single day? I, I've had these moments through challenges and difficulties. I have come to joy. What does it feel like to live with joy, no matter the circumstances? Since then, I've definitely, it, it's become a lot more unconscious in the experience of joy and a lot less uh, having to really concentrate on cultivating it. And I guess that's ultimately what I hope for you, either inspired by this podcast or um, inspiring just in your life in general is, what would it be like to live a life through an embodied sacred joy? So that's what I'm gonna leave you with today. I hope you've received something amazing from this. I also would love for you to share this with someone that you feel like could either use the messages that I shared um, or could just use the support around cultivating sacred joy for themselves. And until next time, my dears, I hope you have a beautiful and sacred day. Love this channel? Show your love with a little support for all the hard work that goes into creating this podcast. Anything you give is deeply appreciated. Just head on over to anchor.fm slash Cody dash Lee slash support. Thank you for joining me today on the Cody Lee Show. If you like the show and want to know more, please check me out at CodyLee.com 
and please leave us a review on iTunes. I would love to hear what you got from this episode, so feel free to send me a message.